This is Oscar. Uh, oops. There we go. Hello. Um, uh, those of you who are francophones might, might uh, I was told you might understand why he's named Oscar. But uh, anyways, um, this is Oscar. And I uh, want to welcome him here today. Uh, today we are starting a three-part series, message series, called Some Assembly Required. The Bible tells us that we are, the church is, the body of Christ. But like our friend Oscar, uh, the church is often missing body parts and is incomplete and imperfect. We are a work in progress, right? We are a work in progress. But we are also the only hope. The local church is the only hope for the world. Let that sink in. How else will they hear? How else will they know? The local church is the only hope for the world. And so we're going to talk over the next three, uh, three message sessions about uh, what it means that we are, that we are the body of Christ. I'm going to talk about that. And today's message, uh, we're calling Incarnation Continued. Incarnation continued. One of the most important truth, truth claims of the Christian faith is that God in Jesus Christ took on human flesh. He became one of us. And this is called the Incarnation. Comes from Latin, carne means flesh or meat. Flesh, right? So Jesus was incarnated, he was infleshed. And it's central to our faith that Jesus, uh, that God was incarnated in Jesus. And it is necessary. For our salvation, that, G that God was incarnated in Jesus. No mere human could undo the mess of sin that Adam started and we've continued to play out since the very beginning. Right? No mere human could undo that mess. Nobody no matter how strong they are, can pick themselves up by their bootstraps. That doesn't work, right? No person stuck in a pit can lift themselves out. And neither could a sinful human reverse the curse and the infection that had made its way through the whole human race because of sin. 
the power of sin and death was too overwhelming for humans to overcome. No religious system. Right? This is where we need to be very, very careful how we communicate the Scriptures. How we communicate the truths of God's Word. Because no religious system can save us. If it could, Jesus would not have needed to come. Right? If, if the law of the Old Testament that was given by God wasn't a bad law, it was good, it just wasn't sufficient and God knew that. That's why he planned for the incarnation before the creation of the world. Right? what scriptures tell us no religious system not judaism and and the old testament not islam not buddhism not hinduism all of those systems of religion are an attempt to crawl our way out of our mess But we need to understand that there is also a religion called Christianity that is just as useless as all the other religions. If we're going to pile on rules and try to keep them in order to crawl our way out of our mess, then we're just as, we're just as foolish and just as lost as every other religion. Religious rules will not save us. It was only the intervention of Jesus, of God stepping into time and space and becoming one of us. The intervention of God who came to live among us to bear our sin and guilt upon the cross to die in our place for our sin, to rise again and ascend into heaven. That the grace and the mercy of God might intervene where rules and religion could not help us. And salvation, folks, is not a stairway to heaven that we slowly, arduously climb up, but it is an elevator of grace by which God lifts us out of our mess and into his glory. Amen? And so it is the good news That God was incarnated in Christ. That God became flesh and dwelt among us. We're going to plow through a bunch of scripture verses today. Because I don't want you to, I don't want for a second for you to think, Pastor Andrew's just making a bunch of stuff up today. But I want you to know that we are, we are, we are following the word. We're following the scriptures to on the track where we're going today. So, John 1, verse 14, says, The Word 
The logos, that, that, that word logos, in, in the original Greek, that's what, what was written there. And that word was so packed with meaning. I don't want to do a deep dive on it today because there's, there's so much there, but it, it tied into the Hebrew Old Testament that's, that said in, in certain places like, here's an example, um, the, uh, when Samuel, in the story of Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 3, first couple verses there, it says, the word of God was not common in those days, and there were not many visions. Even in the Old Testament, the word of God was recognized to be a revelation of God, visiting his people to speak his truth. And in the Greek world, so that's the, that's the Old Testament Hebrew world. In the Greek world, there's a guy named Plato. You might have heard of him, right? Kind of a famous, famous Greek philosopher that came up with this idea of that, that the, the outflowing creative essence that flows from God is this thing called the Logos. Interesting. And when John wrote his gospel, he grabbed on that word, logos, word, and he said, yes, that creative power of God that is emanating from all eternity, emanating from God, that became flesh. Isn't that powerful? Right? The word became flesh and made his dwelling or literally pitted among us, pitched his tent among us came to be with us for a time, right? The Word became flesh, made His dwelling among us, and we have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. Wow. The Word became flesh. 1 Timothy 3.16. I love the 3.16 passages. There are so many of them in Scripture that are so rich. And here's another one. He, uh, this, is, this passage, it, uh, commentators believe that this was almost certainly an early hymn that was sung. He appeared in the flesh, was vindicated by the Spirit, was seen by angels, was preached among the nations, was believed in the world, and was taken up in glory. He appeared in the flesh. Amen? 1 John 4, verse 2. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God from other spirits. The Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Are you getting the sense that, that maybe it's important that, that God came in the flesh? That, that God had been sending his word through his prophets for centuries, for literally thousands of years. He'd been sending his 
word through his prophets. And still, when Jesus came, the people that should have understood what God was up to missed it completely. Why did God need to come in, in Christ? Yes, to go to the cross, but also to, to show us what the Father is like, right? To show us in the flesh what the Father is like. God loved us so much, He entered our world. Listen to this one more under this point. Hebrews chapter 2. This kind of this wraps it all up beautifully. Since the children, that's you and me, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he may break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Isn't that a powerful verse? Shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. That is the devil. And free all those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. So Jesus, God coming in the flesh in Jesus Christ was vital, was necessary for our salvation, was an expression of God's love, the expression of God's love, right? The love of God the love of God for humanity necessitated the incarnation. It was necessary that the incarnation would happen because of God's love. The incarnation was inevitable because love must express itself. And so God needed to come in order that we might know his love. You know this, 316. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Right? When Jesus finished his work, And he rose from the dead and ascended into heaven. His work winning our salvation was complete. The Bible says he, he ascended into heaven and sat down at the right hand of the Father. Right? Sat down because his work was done. He ascended to heaven and he sat down at the right hand of the Father. But he needed to continue to demonstrate the love of God throughout the world and to generation after generation. And how was he going to do that? And so 
Jesus took the incarnation project to the next level after his ascension. By pouring out his spirit upon the community of believers that they would embody him to each other and to the world. We are an extension of the incarnation of God in Christ to the world. That sounds... Pastor, are you sure? You better have some Bible verses for that one. Right? Well, I do. Jesus still desires to walk upon the earth, but he chooses to do it through his church. First Corinthians 12, verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Now, I know that most of you are familiar with this verse or, or this language. But I, but I think we often think, well, that's a nice analogy. It's a nice picture to help us understand how the, the church is all connected to each other. But you don't expect us to believe that we're really the body of Christ. Well, let's keep going. Ephesians 1, verse 22. And he put all things under his feet. So the Father put all things under Jesus' feet. He put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. That's, that's getting pretty clear. That we are the fullness of Jesus to the world. Jesus is our head. We are his body. We are his hands, his feet, his heart. The extension of his love to each other and to the world. How are we possibly, here's a question. Some of you are thinking, and so was I as I was working through this. How are we possibly the fullness of Him, the fullness of Christ, when we are so imperfect and sinful? Right? When we look more like this guy than anybody else in the room. How are we possibly the fullness of Him when we are so imperfect and sinful? Well, first of all, let me say, it wasn't my idea. It wasn't any of our idea that the church would be the body of Christ. It was His idea. So, though it may not make a lot of sense to us, Though, though we can imagine the angels of heaven looking, 
down upon what's going on on the earth and saying, Jesus, are you sure this is a good idea? Though it's not our idea, and though we may not understand it, it's Jesus' idea, and he knows what he's doing. And somehow in the midst of all of our imperfection, Jesus is revealing himself to each other, to to us and to the world as we live out this thing called being the body of Christ. And that sometimes it's even our imperfections that God uses to do His work. It's even the times when we drive each other crazy. And we do things that offend or hurt someone. Although God wouldn't choose for that to happen, He is so good that He even uses those things to cause growth for both people. He's able to redeem those situations. I've had a couple of conversations over the last week or so with people who have talked with me about their, with, um, with the church, um, and and some of it, some of it about this church, but more, it was more, more of a, you know, philosophical conversation about about why is the church sometimes so toxic. Right? Why is the church sometimes not what, what we're called to be? And, uh, and in one of those conversations, the person said that, you know, I've been, I've been hurt and stung more in the church than anywhere else in my life. And yet, I love and appreciate my church family more than you can imagine. Now those, those are odd statements beside each other, aren't they? But it's the mystery of, of God at work in His church that sometimes we can really blow it, really hurt one another, really mess up, and yet in the midst of it somehow, as we, as we don't give up easily we don't run away but we just we hang in there god can even use those situations to do a work in us in our open honest conversations about what's going on as we trust our hearts to one another even when it's scary that god is in the midst of that doing something that is so mysterious and so beyond our understanding that he is revealing himself to each other and to the world through us. Yes, church, we do have to do better. Right? We do. But even in the mess, God is revealing himself 
Israel. We are somehow the incarnation of Christ to the world. Jesus is the incarnation of God, the Father, and we are the incarnation of Jesus. We are his hands, his feet. John 14. Jesus said this is the night before he ascended, the night before he went to the cross, sorry. Jesus, will, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So he's talking about after his death. I will not, you're not going to just have to figure this thing out on your own. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live. You also will live. And on that day, you will realize I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. We are his body. God is love, 1 John 4, 16 to 17. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we may have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. God is making his love manifest to the world through us who are the hands and the feet of Jesus to the lost and the broken and to one another. In this world, we are like Jesus. I want to encourage you little commercial here but i want to encourage you that one of the one of the ways that we can practice being the body of christ to one another is connect groups we'll talk more about that in weeks to come but but if you're not connect plug to a connect group this fall yet um Pay attention next Sunday. We're going to talk more about this. Um, really want to encourage you to, to become part of a small community of followers of Jesus that, that journey through life together. We learn how to love one another close up and personal, to encourage one another, to call one another higher, to live out this thing of being the body of Christ. Commercial ended. And the last point today is to say that Jesus wants, he wants to touch lives through us. That's why we are his body. 
He wants to touch lives through us. Many of you know this, this scripture as well. Also from John 14. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Jesus never intended to leave the world without an expression of the incarnation of God. But that we would continue to do the works he's been doing, he was doing. That we would be the love of God extended to each other and to the world. And so it's vital, folks, that we stay on task that we remember that our purpose, do you remember this? That, that, that God made Adam and Eve, made man, male and female, God made them as his image and likeness on the earth. God's intention has always been that you and I would image the Father to the world. Now we mess that up big time. And the image became shattered and tarnished and messed up. The reason Jesus came was to restore the image of God in us. That we would again more accurately and healthily Image God to the world as a kingdom of priests, kingdom of people who, who represent God to the world. And so we are that expression. It's important that we stay on task and remember that our purpose is to image God in this world and to continue Jesus' mission by showing and telling the love of God in, in this world the same way Jesus would, right? Remember that craze back in the 80s? What would Jesus do? Right? People went around with wristbands on. What would Jesus do? WWJD. Right? Now, I know that it kind of it went through its fad and it, it was kind of laughed at because it just became Jesus junk that people wore and all that, all that stuff. But let me suggest to you that there is no better question that you could ask every day in every scenario, every situation you walk through than what would Jesus do? You are his disciple, a student of his life, an apprentice learning how to live the way he lived, right? You are his disciple. And to walk through life asking that question, what would Jesus do? It's a phenomenal way to live. I want to share with you Oscar's going to move back here out of the way. 
uh, I want to share with you a song. It's, uh, it's a song by a band named Casting Crowns. And uh, it, it asks, if we are the body, if we are the body, why aren't his hands reaching? Right? So let's listen to it. Receive the message that's there. Slipped in, trying to fade into the faces. The girls teasing, laughter is carrying farther than they know, farther than they know. But if we are the body, why on his arms reaching? Why on his hands healing? Why aren't his words teaching? And if we are the body, why aren't his feet going? Why is his love not showing? Then there is a way. Is the real? Traveler is far away from home And he sheds his coat And quietly sinks into the back row The weight of their judgmental glances Tells him that his chances Are better out on the road But if we are the why aren't his arms reaching? Why aren't his hands healing? Why aren't his words teaching? And if we are the body, why aren't his feet going? Why is his love not showing them there is a way? For Jesus paid much too to pick and choose who should come we are the body of christ we are the body why aren't his arms reaching why aren't his hands healing why aren't his words teaching and if we are the body why aren't his feet going hands, we are his feet. 
understand? So as we close this morning, I want us to be encouraged. I want us to be challenged. That the the things that we do, the smallest things, that we do to love and serve others in the name of Jesus are so much bigger than just my little attempts to make a difference in a dark world. But they're actually a moment of the revelation of God's love to others as we function as the hands of Jesus reaching out into another's life. You have so much more influence, so much more to shine through you, like that passage we read at the beginning of the service, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. There's so much more that God wants to shine through you than than you and I have a clue. So let's be encouraged. Let's be challenged. Let's together say this fall we want more than ever to be living out the mission and purpose of God to be his hands extended to our city. Amen. So Father, today um, we just thank you for this incredible truth that Jesus, that you came in the flesh, that Jesus was God the Father stepping into our world, coming in the flesh. What amazing truth that God, you would want to and you would come and tent among us, tabernacle among us, come and be with us. What an amazing truth that God, when Jesus ascended into heaven, he poured out his spirit upon us that we might be the incarnation of Jesus to the world around us. God, we are, let me just say, we are collectively sorry for the times that we again and again poorly image you and poorly reflect you and poorly show you to each other and to the world. Forgive us, God. Forgive us for our selfishness and our defensiveness and our 
fear and our judgments and our assumptions and just all the things that, that muddy our ability to show you well to each other and to the world. God, we are resolved in our hearts today that we want to lean in and learn what it means to be Jesus to one another and to the world around us. And that, God, we ask that this fall as we, we move into ministries and outreach, that, God, you would flow through our lives powerfully. Do through us what only you can do. Come, Holy Spirit, we ask. In Jesus' name. speaking to your heart about today specifically what adjustments do you need to make can I encourage you as a body today to spend some time in the next few moments to have a conversation with Jesus what is it Lord that needs to happen in my life to make an impact on this world, this community. I believe that God wants to use each and every one of us in a powerful way. He wants to do things through your life that has never happened before. Can we pray today, Lord? Help me to make the adjustments that need to be made. Work in me, work through me. For those who have to go at this time, God bless you. But we would ask you to fellowship in the foyer because this sanctuary, this place, is a place of prayer. And for those today that need a miracle, Jesus is here to reach down and touch your life. We have members of the Breakthrough team that would like to pray with you here at the front. Today, the economy is so bad. Maybe you're struggling financially. You need a miracle in that area. Come. We'll pray with you. But can we as a body of believers take time right now to continue to pray and ask God, God, work in me. God, do what needs to take place. Let's, let's take time with Jesus. And let's pray for our students, for those who are going back to school. There are challenges that they're going to face. I used to pastor in a university town, Anaganish, Nova Scotia. And my wife and I spend 50% of our ministry on campus. And we know that it can be very challenging to stay grounded in the university. So let's pray for our students. Father, we thank you today for each one of our students. We thank you for the stand that they're taking for you, O oh God. We thank you, Lord, for their lives. And we just ask you that you would help them 
this year to stay true to you, O God. We pray when the enemy comes in like a flood, that, Lord, that you would raise up that standard in Jesus' name. And we pray, Lord, that you would use them this year, O God, wherever they're attending, O God, high school, elementary, university, college, we pray that you would work through them and that they would find friends that will come to know you as Savior and Lord. And Jesus, we think of the many universities across this land. We think of Christians, and we pray that you would use them this year. And we give you praise, and we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah.